Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. As we continue to bask in this Easter season, it's a beautiful time for us to reflect on this coming back into the church and just really getting a sense of where we are with the recent one year of a pandemic that we still have lives to lead. We have... uh, a God who needs to be worshipped. We Amen. have families that need to be raised, and we have life that needs to go on in reminder of the resurrection. So uh, we wanted to get a little sense of where we are today in our churches, Archbishop, as we begin. Please open us in prayer. Yeah, I thought since we're in the Easter season here, and we will be for weeks yet yes. to come, uh, sadly our beautiful Easter octave that we talked about last week has passed, but we're still in the Easter season. So uh, traditionally, uh, during the Easter season, we pray this wonderful prayer, the Regina Chaley, which, you know, traditionally is played, uh, prayed at 6 a.m., noon, and at 6 p.m. in place of the Angelus, but uh, uh, we're, we're past that 6 o'clock hour as we broadcast tonight, but uh, let's, let's pray this uh, anyway. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice, alleluia, for he whom you did merit to bear, alleluia, has risen as he said, alleluia. Pray for us to God, alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, alleluia, for the Lord has truly risen, alleluia. Let us pray. O God, who gave joy to the world through the resurrection of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Grant, we beseech thee, that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, his mother, we may obtain the joys of everlasting life. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I love that prayer, and it took me a while being a new Catholic to kind of learn that prayer. I haven't haven't memorized yet, but to see, oh, there's this beautiful change in the church from the Angelus to the season. So the Regina Chaley reminds me of it's a resurrected season. Now, every day is a resurrected day, right? Right. (laughs) We have to remember that. But I would encourage people to learn that prayer, to pray it daily during this time of Easter, because it's so joyful. And there's a beautiful, you know, uh, chant, you know, the traditional Mm -hmm. chant, Regina Chaley, Letare, Alleluia. You know, it's, it's a beautiful chant. So if you might want to, those of you who like to Google stuff, Google Regina Chaley chant. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful traditional uh, chant for the Easter season. Absolutely. I want to begin as we reflect on kind of where we are in the church and just people coming into the church. I have to mention the Chrism Mass, and you mentioned it was live streamed. Mm-hmm. And so I watched part of the live stream, and it was so impressive for me to see And I can only imagine, I can't even imagine your viewpoint of seeing all the priests in the Mm -hmm. church, almost all of them Mm -hmm. were able to make it to that chrism mass, and they filled the cathedral Mm -hmm. with with the physical spacing that Mm -hmm. was needed, but that your message 
And it just reminded me, you know, our priests have gone through so much to respond to the pandemic and restrictions. And how am I supposed to manage? I have a staff. I have a school. I have parishioners. I have people who are sick in the hospital. I have people who are dying. I have people who are uh, giving birth to babies. How do I respond as a pastor? And that you saw all of those priests trying to do their best in the midst of such uh, chaos can I yeah, say in the no, last it's year? Been a, it's been a very chaotic year, and and, and you know, and I and I, I made the point, you know, in in, in my I, first of all, I was very, I was moved, yes. to see them there. I have to say, and I, I said to them uh, to this this to them in the homilies I began when I processed in that church and saw all of those priests there. I really I teared up. I was so overjoyed and moved to see the priests back together. It's the first time we have been together. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think I think the last time we had a gathering together was the October before this pandemic began. So what that meant October of 2019, and to see all the priests together mm-hmm. again just just really lifted my spirits, and I got very emotional actually. But you know, and and, and I pointed out, look, everyone has suffered. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, people have lost loved ones, people have suffered economic impact. People have gotten sick, and they're still with lingering effects of the pandemic. I know a, a bishop who's months past recovery and still is, has lingering effects of, of the of the virus in in him, you know, in his life. Uh, so, I mean, people have lost jobs, businesses have closed. Uh, I mean, I, so I, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you know, like the priests have had it, <laughs> you know, kind of worse than anyone else by any means, but. The priests have carried a unique burden mm-hmm. for their people. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, a priest is a priest for his people, and to be separated from your people, not to 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 feel like a shepherd, you know, and to try to have to find new and innovative ways has, has been a challenge for them. And you know, trying to keep up with all of the newest rules and regulations, and trying to navigate that with their parishioners and with their schools and with their staff in their parish and then the teachers in the schools, it's been a nightmare, you know, because everybody's got a different opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, you got people coming at you from all sides, and I've experienced this myself in the last year. You know, you got people on one extreme who think that, oh, this, you know, COVID's no big deal and we should just go on with our lives and let, let our immune systems take care of it, uh, you know, and then to the other extreme of, of how terribly irresponsible it is to even have our churches open you know, because we're exposing people to danger, you know. So, you know, our pastors have really just done a tremendous job on the whole of, of just navigating us through this. And what I was so proud of them for, and I might point out to them is, yeah, sometimes the, the priests were in disagreement with me. Sometimes they were in strong disagreement with me in decisions that were being made and even critical. But we held together. Mm-hmm. We stayed unified. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's that's to the credit of these men and, and shepherds of God's people. So yeah, I I, I uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a tough year for our parishes for sure. And I think we've heard the word and we've mentioned it here on this program: essential services, yeah. right? But going to our place of worship to be able to recognize what we believe and that we believe in God—that's an essential as a Christian, to be able to receive the Eucharist, to be able to be in a community of believers, that this is part of who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just going to the movies or going to the library. This is a a way of 
of how we are as a people. And so I know there's been so much to try to make. How do we make these places of worship safe, open, welcoming, to follow what we need to follow, but yet we need to bring our people together to do what is the most important thing, to worship our God. And yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I pointed this out uh, in, or very early on in, in one of my letters to the governor, uh, you know, pleading for, uh, you know, a, a special consideration for, for churches, which we finally got. It took her a, a while and her, and her government a while to, to, to recognize the unique status of churches. But I pointed out to her, is, and, that, and I, I even pointed out that Catholics are in a unique mm-hmm. uh, situation, and I would include the Orthodox mm-hmm. in, in that as well. Those that are uh, truly sacramental churches that believe uh, truly in the, in the sacraments, especially of the Holy Eucharist and the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass being offered, we're, we're different from uh, other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who worship in other ecclesial communities. Because, you know, what we kept getting back, so to speak, from, from the government was, well, you know, for this time you can just worship virtually, you know, and, and join in by, by live stream or whatever. For a Catholic, that doesn't work. It's not. It's not. It's never the same. Mm-mm. It it doesn't work that way for a Catholic. We we cannot worship virtually because we're sacramental. We need to be present at the altar when the holy sacrifice of the Mass is being renewed for us. The sacrifice of Calvary is being renewed for us in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and we have to be there to participate at the altar to be physically present to that mystery, but also, of course, to receive Him. In, in his body and blood, soul and divinity, in the most holy Eucharist. You cannot receive communion virtually. I mean, you can receive communion sacri- or spiritually. You can make an act of spiritual communion. But, but to just simply say, well, you know, you can just worship virtually by, by, by Zoom or whatever vehicle uh, just doesn't work for a Catholic. So I, I, I said to the governor in, in, in one of my letters, I said, no more than you can go out to dinner virtually. Or no more than you could go to the gym virtually. A Catholic cannot go to church virtually. Ultimately, we need to get back. Mm-hmm. We need to get back to the, to that sacramental experience of being present for the sacraments and also the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, especially those two sacraments, you know, so so vital to our people. And I and I'm afraid, and many of my pastors share this concern with me. In fact, I'd say most of the pastors, I would say a vast majority of the pastors share the concern with, with me that people have gotten a little bit too used to this, a little too comfortable with not coming to church, not being present physically to give our worship and honor to Almighty God. The purpose of the sacred liturgy is to glorify God and to be sanctified in, in the sacrament that, that is celebrated there for the people. But people have gotten kind of used to the whole online thing, uh, or maybe they've even drifted away from that. So there's a great concern that people have somehow convinced themselves that they can live without this. I, I was having a conversation with uh, some friends, some lay friends of mine recently, and they were having a conversation with some of their lay friends. And uh, it was kind of like, and, and the, uh, the lay friends that I had that I was talking to, they've been, you know, going to church, you know, is, 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 is right through all of this, you know, as, as it's been permitted. Uh, but the people they were talking to hadn't been to church, back to church yet. 
and have no reason not to be there. I mean, they're not in any high-risk category or anything like that. And they, these, this other couple were, were perplexed by my friends. You come in going, you going to to mass? You guys been going to mass? You know, and you know, and and and, and it wasn't that they were fearful either, hmm. because they they've been they, I can't remember what it was. They had been going to other things. They were they having a party? They were having a party at their house or something? You know, for some celebration. They're gonna have a bunch of people over. You know, so it's it's not like they're afraid of the virus, but it's just like, well, wait a minute, we got the dispensation. You know, we don't have to go. Gosh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 so, but I, but I'm, I'm, I, I that was it's a, that's an anecdote. Okay, that's one instance. But I'm hearing this same story over and over and over and over again uh, from so many people, and we cannot get used to this. Right. We cannot become accustomed to this. Worship over the internet is for a Catholic is is not cutting it at all. Now, I think. Quite honestly, and I'm glad we will probably will continue. A lot of parishes will continue with live streaming masses from their parishes for the homebound, for the <laughs> shut-ins, for people in hospitals, you know, whatever. Uh, but but not as an option for mass on Sunday. Right. It, it can never become that for a Catholic. I mean, from the earliest days of the church, we are a communal church. Christ established a community of believers that had to gather on the Lord's day to celebrate the gift of the Most Holy Eucharist, the Eucharistic sacrifice of our Lord's body and blood. We have to do that. It's vital. It's for our life. Our very life depends on it. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you, says Jesus the Lord in the sixth chapter of John's Gospel. So we as Catholics have got to get back uh, to normal. And, and, and I you know, will probably soon... Uh, be making some some adjustments in in the in the dispensation that I've granted for for the archdiocese as things seem to improve now. Yeah, and I think just during this Easter season, I know I was at a different church than I've been to, uh, and they had a limited number of people, seventy five. You needed to sign up online, um, but there were people there who, for that Sunday Easter Sunday Mass, that was the first time since maybe last March wow. 2020 that they had been to Mass. And so there might be this invitation for those of us who have been going to Mass to just invite, yeah. invite, encourage. Um, this is not a time for judging, but this is a time for invitation, for reminding that the most beautiful thing we can do is to be in the presence of God, you know, and we have so many opportunities. And I think our churches are doing the best that they can to make everything as safe and as open as possible so people can feel good, feel, quote, safe. Yeah. And and they are. I think the most... If you can go shopping at a grocery store, even more so, you should be coming to a beautiful Catholic church with the presence of Jesus Christ right there welcoming yeah. you uh, and maybe going to confession beforehand. You know, yeah. that the, there is this invitation. We Absolutely. need to come home. I, 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 I'm tempted to jokingly say if you, if, you, if, you, if you eat out in restaurants and aren't coming to Mass, you, 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 maybe we should examine our conscience a little bit. Uh, but no, you know, one of the things is we, we have been very careful in the churches uh, with the social distancing mm-hmm. guidelines that we follow, uh, which are from the CDC. And now there's been a change, and I, I point that out. Some people are already starting to say, well, now their CDC is saying for schools it's only three feet. Well, you know, and so we should be able to apply that to our churches. Well, I, I did some digging into that, and there's some reasons behind that. 
A lot of it has to do with the nature of, of children and their vulnerability to the virus itself, uh, uh, the seriousness with, with which they suffer from it when they do get it, but they very, they very rarely get it. Mm-hmm. And even in the guidelines in schools, there's still six-foot distancing between adults and the students and between the other adults in the school. So it's only for, for the kids themselves for some very unique reasons. But anyway, but with the social distancing guidelines that mm-hmm. we are, are following and uh, recommendations, the wearing of, of, of face protection, masks, or, or the like. Uh, we make accommodations for those who have medical concerns mm-hmm. that would you know, prevent them or make it very difficult for them to wear a mask. We, we, we do the best we can to accommodate them through the sanitizing of the churches between masses. We've, we've, we've demonstrated mm-hmm. that coming to mass is a safe thing yeah. to do. Yeah. There have been no outbreaks in our churches, none. And as this pandemic winds down, and praise God, it seems to be, they seem to be approaching that quote-unquote herd immunity that everybody keeps talking about, church is a safe place to come. And, and so I really urge, I don't, I, I, I'll, I'll, go a little bit, I'll go a little further than you, uh, Dina Marie. You're inviting. I would like to urge <laughs> yes. our people uh, to, to please come back. Now, there are some people that are in risk, higher risk categories that, that, you know, maybe still should for their own protection and safety, stay, stay, you know, at home and join us as, as best they can by live stream. You know, maybe people over a certain age, you know, I don't know, arbitrary ages, but maybe somebody over 65, let's say, um, people with underlying health conditions, what they call comorbidities, things that would make them especially vulnerable should they get uh, the, uh, the virus. You know, people who are feeling ill certainly mm-hmm. should stay home. Please stay home because <laughs> it may not be allergies or a sniffle. You know, it, it could be the virus you don't want to spread. Or if you're caring for people at home, you know, who are, who are elderly or, or vulnerable, you know, that's another reason. I, we, we've got some staff members here at the Pastoral Center who are very careful mm-hmm. about their exposure to the virus, not because of themselves, but because they have people at home who would be very vulnerable. And so, yeah, we want to keep people safe, but we've demonstrated that we can keep people safe. So, you know, if you're not in one of those categories, if you will, that would put you at higher risk, and some people have a maybe somewhat irrational fear uh, of, of the virus. You know, it's serious. We should take it seriously, but, um, you know, we shouldn't become paralyzed uh, with fear over this. And I don't think the Lord would want us to be paralyzed with fear. I think he does want us to put some some trust in him. But otherwise, if you don't have one of those mm-hmm. reasons, uh, it, it's it's really I urge you to to really th- rethink this and and, and come back um, and urge your friends and your neighbors and your right. family members to come back as well. You know, it's 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 very important uh, to 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 get back. Uh, you know, to 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 the worship of God. It's it's at the heart uh, of of the life of a Catholic, really, to 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 be present uh, to to celebrate the mysteries of our faith. I think in any type of an experience, if we if we work out for a while and then we stop, the more time we yeah. stop doing an activity, we kind of get out of that routine. <laughs> and so if we've been used to, okay, Sunday we go to Mass, maybe there's cer- certain things during the week that we do in our church, but all of a sudden for a, a year, that's a long time to be not doing... Maybe a student, boy, I haven't been to, to school for a year, and I got to yeah. get back to reading a certain amount of reading, writing, uh, doing all this study. We have to train our minds. And, and I remember St. Paul, do not conform to this age, 
but be transformed. And isn't that the resurrection? You, you said it earlier last week. This is a new life mm-hmm. because Jesus has risen. And so I'll need to learn my routines again. Yeah, and it, that's an important thing that it, that forces us. We've got a humanity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've got bad habits, but let's create good habits. Yeah, we don't want to get comfortable with this, and that's and that's you know that that's that's what I was saying. I think people yeah. have gotten a little comfortable. You, you make that you make that image. You know, I mean, I I've just recently uh, uh, in the last few weeks actually uh, realized. You know, I get I have to get back to some some more physical exercise, exercise and physical <laughs> right activity. You. you know, and I, I I'm not overweight, but uh, I'm certainly out of shape. <laughs> and and as I started back trying to, to get more exercise in that, I realized, holy man, you really are out of shape. You know, I'm getting much more winded uh, than, than, than I normally would get it with some of the activity. And uh, but this happens to us spiritually as well. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. become our, our spiritual muscles become atrophied, right. you know, and, and we need to, to strengthen them again and, and, and rebuild ourselves, you know. At the, at the bottom of all of this, too, is is we must remember now. Although the dispensation is in place, the opportunity that Catholics have to come and worship our Lord on on the Lord's Day on the day of the resurrection is an obligation. It's not just an opportunity; it is an obligation, and that's why. You know, I've had some priests tell me that 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 that, that you know say cynical things like, "Oh, the people don't you know care at all about your dispensation." You know, that doesn't mean anything to them that the bishop dispenses them. You know, they don't. You know, it's 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 like you know they don't they don't have the proper attitude anyway. But that's why the dispensation had to be given. Was because this is an obligation mm-hmm. under pain of mortal sin. Quite honestly. To, de- to knowingly and deliberately miss Mass on Sunday for no just cause, you know, is a mortal sin. And so that's why the bishop had to grant the dispensation so people would be free uh, from any, any qualms of conscience and scrupulosity over, uh, you know, whether they fit a category or not. But what I'm saying now, and I've been in the kind of the, 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 the line, if you will, that I've been taking now is, okay, this dispensation, my dear brothers and sisters, is offered to you. It's an offer. I offer you the dispensation from uh, the obligation to attend Mass on Sunday uh, because of this pandemic. But you don't have to make use of the dispensation. Right. And I think that's, it dawned on me in prayer, actually, that that's, a, that's an important distinction. Mm-hmm. I have offered the dispensation, but you don't have to make use of the dispensation. It isn't like I have sort of erased the obligation to Mm-mm. attend Mass on Sunday, that it isn't important anymore, you know, or this is something that we can just arbitrarily, you know, turn on and off. You know, the, the, this, the, the, the importance of Sunday Mass is, has not lost uh, any of that importance. So I'm off, I offered this dispensation to everybody, okay, for now... I offer the dispensation to everyone, but not everyone has to make use of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, what I'm urging people to think about now, as I just said a few moments ago, was, you know, if you don't fit one of these categories, uh, you know, what's your reason for making use of the dispensation? You know, shouldn't you say, well, I don't, I don't fit a high-risk category. I'm not at risk. I, nobody in my home is at risk. I'm doing other things. I'm shopping. I'm going to restaurants and everything else. I really don't have a reason to, to make use of the generous archbishop's dispensation. So I'm not going to make use of the mm-hmm. dispensation. I'm not going to utilize it. It's offered. You don't have to use it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think until the dispensation is modified 
uh, it'll probably be modified before it's completely lifted. Um, that's what I'm thinking about and, and talking with my priests about. Uh, but in, in the meantime, folks, you know, uh, just because I've offered the dispensation, uh, please don't think you have to use it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd be asking myself if I were in your shoes, do I have a, do I have a really, a, do I really have a good reason to stay away? Uh, just because right. I, the dispensation is in place and I'm quote unquote free, you know, that's kind of a minimalistic way mm-hmm. I think of, of looking at our, our Christian life and our, and our Catholic life as, as people of the sacraments. Right. And I think just as we have in the season welcomed so many men and women, and I was encouraged to see baptisms, I was encouraged to see confirmations, I was encouraged during the Easter vigil, I wouldn't miss it, and I didn't let the opportunity to not come. I said, no, I'm going to find a way to get to my local church, and we did, um, to see, come to church, experience Jesus Christ, be with him. This is the most important thing in our lives, is to... Uh, to to be with him, and and I would encourage people, and urge them. Okay, okay, you can, you can encourage and invite. Come I'm going to gonna urge. <laughs> Come to mass and 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 make this Easter season really be the time of coming home. This is you know we we as we said in in last week's show talking about the resurrection of Jesus. This is it. I mean, this yeah. is everything. This is this is this is the whole meaning of life. Mm-hmm. It's everything, not just something. It's just not a part of our life. It's just not, you know, we don't compartmentalize our, our, our lives into, well, this is my religious part, this is my work part, this is my social part, this is my family part. Everything, as I said last week, we don't look at just some things differently. We look at everything differently in light of the resurrection, Jesus Christ risen from the dead. But that Jesus Christ who rose from the dead and was seen by the apostles, touched by him, who spoke with him, who ate with them, that same Jesus waits for you in the church. He waits for you in the Holy Mass. He waits for you in the Word to be proclaimed. But above all, and in a most special way, he waits for you in the Eucharist. That same body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, risen from the dead on Easter Sunday, is present there in the Eucharist. He waits for you. And without him, you simply cannot live. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I trust in Jesus, you. Jesus, I trust in Amen. you. Amen. <laughs> Would you help us close with your yeah. blessing, Archbishop? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Day Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. And until next encounter, may you have a blessed week and peace be with you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.